Sholem Aleichem. Welcome to the Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I am visiting with David Mandelbaum, director of the New Yiddish Rep. The New Yiddish Rep speaks to a 21st century audience with modern treatments of Yiddish classics and Yiddish interpretations of modern and postmodern masterpieces. Welcome, David. It's a delight to have you visit with us today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So, um, before we get started, I'm really curious to know how you found your way to Yiddish theater, to establishing New Yiddish Rep, and what are your roots in Yiddish? Well, my, my folks are um, native Yiddish speakers. They, they uh, survived the war and um, from Poland, Galicia. Uh, and um, uh, I grew up here in Yiddish in the house, and uh, uh, I actually learned Yiddish not from my parents, but from an uncle who lived with us, uh, and who only spoke to me in Yiddish. Um, and years and years later, I um, began to work for the Folksbühne, uh, and uh, I think I did three main stage productions with them. Uh, and um, after that, uh, I um, suggested uh, to them, well, I proposed a show to them, and um, they seemed to be interested, but after a while, I just decided to do it myself, and that was the beginning of um, uh, New Yiddish Rep. Uh, the show was called uh, Yassel Rockover Speaks to God, and... Um, up in 2007 in the summer and um, didn't look back. And we're glad you didn't. Um, I, I wonder, you describe the New Yiddish repertory um, as a theater laboratory. And for those who are not familiar with that term, can you talk a little bit about that and why that construct works for you in terms of the mission of the theater? It's a theater laboratory in the sense that it, it it looks to bring people into Yiddish theater, um, and um, you know Yiddish theater is is uh, has a jet a jest all its own. Um, obviously, uh, uh, every language, every culture has has a particular. Uh, um, particular identifiable uh, sound and movement and um, so we're trying to uh, uh, um, and we're just beginning to succeed with the uh, uh, addition of uh, people from the Hasidic community uh, we two years ago started workshops uh, trying to bring them um, into of the theater and give them the opportunity to, to go on stage and to open up to them the vista of um, secular Yiddish literature. Um, of course, you can't get very far away from uh, the religious roots uh, of, of um, Yiddish culture, uh, even in the so-called secular uh, uh, literature. But um, these are folks who, who uh, were never exposed to theater, uh, who um, were completely unaware of, of um, uh, classical uh, uh, world theater uh, and unaware of, of the Yiddish theater. Uh, when I remember um, 
how I remember their reaction when I first uh, gave them the debauchery. Um, they were just, it was like their eyes opened wide and said, wow, where, where did this come from? Um, so it's a laboratory in the sense that we're trying to percolate uh, the continued existence of serious uh, Yiddish theater uh, by integrating young people who have no experience in it and by trying to find ways uh, for them to begin to express their uh, creativity within the framework of, of, of the theater community and um, the theater arts. Um, I don't know if that was coherent uh, or cohesive. <laughs> it, it, it is. I mean, I've heard, um, the you know, of laboratory theater, which is sort of the evolution of a performance. It's probably never the same twice. Um, but mm-hmm. I see what you're saying in terms of using it um, as theater laboratory, um, in the reverse, uh, as a place where you are incubating and you are, you know, sort of shepherding along these performers and the performances. So actors are given a exposure to works and also the ability to be on stage. And also to formulate their mm-hmm. own works, uh, which is something that we, we, we've been working on, uh, 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 as I said, in the last couple of years. Uh, there are several things in, in the pipeline right now being created by uh, by people who who come from the uh, Hasidic community, and um, hopefully we we'll, we will have something um, ready for uh, public uh, showing uh, within a year or so. Uh, it takes time, uh, of course, to workshop these things, and um, I'm very hopeful that uh, it will uh, will resu- it will result in original uh, Yiddish theater works. Uh, um, uh, from people who uh, whose first language was Yiddish and um, are young enough at this point to continue on uh, and become the Yiddish theater uh, community of the future. And I've seen two of your recent productions, Rhinoceros and most recently Awake and Sing, and I have to say mm-hmm. both were tremendous. I'm not a Yiddish speaker, so obviously I was very grateful for the super titles. And what really struck me with both performances was that you translated plays into Yiddish. And, and I think it may be safe to say that people might wonder why, you know, why restage these in Yiddish. And then midway through Rhinoceros, it was that great aha moment, of course. I mean, the play has absolute relevance, and in its time, it would have made perfect sense to translate it into Yiddish. And there's a bit of history there with um bringing works to a Yiddish-speaking audience. Is that true? Tell me a little bit about it. Uh, well, uh, you know, Yiddish, uh, it's not just a question of bringing works to a Yiddish-speaking uh, audience. It's uh, finding ways that uh, Yiddish can uh, illuminate uh, 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 classics of, of world theater. Uh, this was most uh, obvious uh, when we first did uh, Barton of Godot, Waiting for Godot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it became apparent that the Yiddish translation informed people who had seen the play a dozen times and added another 
a, a level of context to it. Uh, and uh, we had people come up to us and say, I've seen this place so many and so many times, and it's really helped me uh, understand it better. Um, I think uh, uh, um, the same could be said of Death of a Salesman when we, when we did that. Uh, it's um, There are certain plays that Yiddish can uh, really... Uh, uh, expand uh, the understanding of audiences who know them only uh, in, in English. Um, I think the same is true of Awakened Thing. Uh, if, if there was ever a play that uh, uh, was uh, uh, a Yiddish steeped in, in the American uh, uh, Yiddish uh, immigrant experience, I think it's... Um, Awakened thing, and um, uh, the original uh, draft called "I Got the Blues" uh, before it became Awakened thing was full of Yiddishisms and, and uh, all kinds of references to things like Yurtzeit candles, and uh, it was all expunged at the behest of the group theater directors uh, Lee Strasberg and Harold Corman, um, and. To, to my mind, uh, the Yiddish just makes the play that much more uh, uh, interesting and 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 real. Um, and of course, there are people who, who miss the English, who because the English was constructed in a very particular way uh, in a syntax that was um, very reminiscent of, of Yiddish. Uh, so um, you know, it, it all depends, but. The reason for doing these uh, uh, plays is, a, a, it was always a tradition in Yiddish theater. Uh, you talk about the tradition uh, the over, I think it's 103 years now, tradition of the Volksbühne. The first play that the Volksbühne did in 1915 was uh, Enemy of the People, uh, a Strindberg play. So... Um, uh, I'm sorry. Did I get that right? <laughs> we'll have our fact checkers check. <laughs> my, my my mind is an Ibsen play. <laughs> my mind is going. Um, so uh, uh, you know, it, it's not a new phenomenon. Uh, um, people, uh, uh, Yiddish theater has been uh, presenting. Uh, uh, World Theater for one of the, as a matter of fact one of the most popular plays uh, in the Yiddish Theater lexicon was a play called Uriel Acosta, mm-hmm. uh, which was originally written in 1840 in German by a German uh, political activist, um, and it became one of the most popular plays uh, in, in among the Yiddish speaking audiences. So it's nothing new. It's it's not uh, uh, a uh, Finnish and Finnish, you know, it's not a, a new thing. Of course, at this point, uh, uh, I am uh, hoping that we will uh, uh, do more plays like Gut from the Kuma, which, um, which are uh, originally in Yiddish. I mean, we, we have done in the past, we did plays by Moshe Nadir, uh, by Shalom Aleichem, uh, so we, we have uh, by Peretz, so, so we have done it in the past, um, and I hope to, uh, in the future, uh, concentrate a bit more on um, 
on uh, the great Yiddish plays is that on there. Uh, now that hopefully we have uh, gotten an audience, a, a New York audience that is um, that is accustomed to seeing good productions in Yiddish of plays that they recognize, hopefully they will come uh, and and check out some of the great Yiddish plays um, uh, like Mirella Ephrus, like. Uh, um, uh, the Dybbuk, which I hope uh, we can do a, a, a new production of uh, at some not-too-distant point in the future, the, the Puss de Kretschma, some of the other Hirschbein plays, uh, some of Pinsky's plays, some of Bimko's plays. It, it's an end, you know, mm-hmm. we, could, we, could, we could produce plays for... There's an endless amount of material. Uh, uh, Cobrin, uh, it, it just goes on and on. So... Um, uh, I hope we will, uh, in in the future, be turning to those and kind of um, uh, concentrate on that for a while. Is it hard for you to figure out what you want to stage? It, it just the, the choice is so yeah. large. The, 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 it's so, such a vast uh, uh, amount of material. Um, actually, I'm speaking a little bit ahead of myself because uh, although we do have plans to do the Puss de Kretschma, uh, the next thing we're going to do is um, uh, uh, two one-acts by an Israeli playwright. Um, and we're going to do them in um, in Hebrew, in Yiddish, and in English uh, in repertory. Wow. And we'll see how that... We'll see what happens. We'll see how that plays out. Um, the, uh, the playwright is Kano Klavin, and... Um, the plays are uh, in English, "The Labor of Life" and uh, "The Whore from Ohio," two very dark, dark comedies, <laughs> but um, uh, very interesting uh, uh, plays, and uh, I think very, um, very impactful. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, I, I, um, uh, I've come to understand. I've come to understand that. Uh, Whereas Yiddish was once the um, universal language of Ashkenazic Jewry, uh, that has changed, and now um, Yiddish, Hebrew, and English, uh, you can carry those around, you can go just about anywhere uh, and get by in in, uh, a Jewish environment. So that's what we're going to try. We're going to try and and do these plays originally written in Hebrew in in, uh, those three languages. And see what happens. We'll see if there's any. Uh, we'll see if uh, uh, Hebrew uh, theater has any uh, any pull in New York. Mm-hmm. So, and you mentioned Death of a Salesman, and I was unfortunately not able to go see that. And by all accounts, everybody tells me that they felt it was that much more impactful to hear it in Yiddish. It 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 you know it, it's an interesting. Uh, uh, it's interesting that, that um, we used uh, Joseph Buloff's uh, translation, uh, and Buloff uh, and his his wife Luba Cotterson, uh, uh saw the play when it opened, um, <laughs> went down to uh, uh, South America. I believe they did it in um, Argentina, um, and uh, opened the play three months later. Stole everything. <laughs> <laughs> the 
set, everything. Uh, didn't get permission, uh, 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 didn't get any of the rights. And Bulov, when the reviews came out down there, he started sending them to the uh, to the agents, uh, to Miller's agents, and um, said, "Look, look how wonderful uh, the reviews are." So he kind of asked for the uh, permission after the fact, and Miller was uh, he didn't give this to anybody. He didn't he didn't give rights to anyone at that time. But he gave, uh, he signed a contract with um, with Bulov, and I, I have a copy of the contract because uh, we had to, in in getting permission to get the Bulov script, we went through a whole bunch of stuff with the uh, Harvard um, Library. Um, but um, through that, uh, the contract uh, appeared, and um, he gave uh, uh, Bulov carte blanche to perform it anywhere, and and Bulov uh, subsequently performed it in Brooklyn. Uh, at uh, I believe it was the Parkway Theater, uh, and it was very successful. So it, it's uh, interesting that Miller himself, although he really never, um, until his later years, wanted to acknowledge the the Jewish roots and and uh, how how really steeped in 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 Yiddish and, and Jewish it was. Uh, he did give um, Bulov uh, that courtesy, and they were they were friends uh, through the years. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it, it's just another example of, of um, how Yiddish can can um, can bring another dimension to uh, to uh, theater that. Um, we all think of as English or American or uh, British or French or, and so on. I mean, I think it was certainly true with Awake and Sing. Yeah, I, 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 I think so. I mean, as far as, I'll tell you, of all the plays we've done, and, and um, uh, you know, we've received a lot of uh, uh, praise for, for, for some of them. And, but of all the plays we've done, this one, Awake and Sing, um, it's my favorite. Uh, I, I am prouder of this than any of the other things that we've we've ever done. Uh, chiefly because I am so. It's been such a satisfying experience uh, um, to work with uh, this group of people, uh, from stage management down to to wardrobe uh, and everything in between. The designers, the cast. Um, it's just been a fabulous experience to work with people who are so committed and focused and who actually get along with each other. Which is a really uh, nice thing in a creative environment, yes. It is, and it's, it's so unusual, especially in Yiddish, uh, Yiddish theater. And, and uh, you, know, uh, you know the joke about uh, uh, every Jew has to have at least two synagogues, one that he goes to and one that he'll never set foot in. Uh, and that seems to uh, be the case with every kind of, of, uh, of cultural effort or, or um, area of Jewish endeavor. It all winds up uh, uh, seeming to be like a, a session of the Knesset. Um, so <laughs> to have an experience where we actually had uh, such a wonderful, wonderful... Uh, I look forward to every... I look forward to going to the theater every, every 
every day uh, that we have a show. And uh, unfortunately, I can't say that of some of the shows we've done in the past, no matter how successful they were. Um, so it, it's really, this is, and I think it, it is also the best um, the best ensemble I've worked with. And uh, the fact that uh, just about everyone in the cast is uh, a Yiddish speaker uh, and that, uh, you know, the dressing room, uh, you hear Yiddish, you hear English, you hear Hebrew, just as I've uh, mentioned before. It's just a wonderful thing, um, and um, it's a joy. It's, it's a, a real pleasure. I think I saw some Yiddish-speaking children in the audience as well. That would not be surprising. They were too young to be reading the supertitle, so I assumed that they understood because they were sitting wrapped with attention. Um, I, uh-huh. I, I would imagine it is uh, – the actors are great. The staging is beautiful too. The sets, everything just feels so oh, – I don't know if this is the right word to ascribe to it, but comfortable. It just you, It's just – it works. And I would imagine it's quite an experience for the actors to have the opportunity to perform in Yiddish. Um, the yes, uh, 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 um, quite a few of the actors are. Let's see, of the eight people in the cast, um, uh, Luzer, Ellie, Luzer, and Ellie are uh, uh, people from the Hasidic community, and Moshe. Uh, so three of them are from the Hasidic community. Uh, two of them are from Yiddishpiel in, in Israel. Uh, and uh, two of them, we have uh, uh, an interesting uh, uh, thing where, where one of the characters, Henny, uh, we double cast so that um, uh, the two young women playing the role alternate. And um, I did that uh, because I, I want to give I want to give these young actors the uh, uh, opportunity to get on stage and. Um, you know, I, I don't want to. I want to try not to, not to leave anybody behind. Um, so whenever I can, uh, I, I try to do that. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, a young man who's never really uh, been on stage before is going to step in for Loser Torsky for a couple of shows. Um, so uh, uh, a young man from from uh, 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 the Hasidic community. And uh, then we have the uh, daughter of one of the most renowned Yiddish teachers, uh, uh, Amira Kessler, who is the daughter of Sheva Zucker, uh, who, who you may know uh, mm-hmm. uh, as a teacher and, and a writer of, of uh, text, uh, textbooks for, for Yiddish. Um, and then we have a young woman from Switzerland uh, who... Um, uh, Swiss-German is very close to Yiddish as her... Uh, Yiddish and her understanding of it uh, is very, uh, very, very good. So uh, um, it, it, it's a it's an opportunity to to uh, work with people who really understand the world that that we're depicting. Um, and uh, as I said, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, and uh, even the the people from from Yiddishville appreciate the fact that. Uh, they can sit in the dressing room and, and engage in conversations in Yiddish, uh, which it was beyond their experience uh, 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 in Yiddish. Although some of the uh, uh, some of the 
the actors are well schooled over there in Yiddish. They don't speak it, so they're not fluent in it. Um, so I would say that at this point, we're the only uh, uh, Yiddish uh, uh, theater in the world where we can actually say uh, that ninety-five uh, percent uh, of our our company members are Yiddish speakers. So, uh, for our listeners, Awakening runs through December, correct? December 24th. Okay. Uh, we'll finish the show, and then we'll go to Midnight Mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, and for anybody who's listening, I encourage you to get tickets um, and to learn more and get tickets. Can you give me the website? Sure. It's uh, very simple, newyiddishrep.org, uh, N-E-W. Y-I-D-D-I-S-H-R-E-P dot org. You can uh, buy tickets from the website. Uh, and um, I urge everyone who um, is in the uh, in the area and, and is able to, to come to, to see it. Uh, uh, for Hanukkah, which uh, we are in the middle of, um, we have a special discount rate, and uh, the code is D-R-E-I- I know that's not the Evo spelling, <laughs> but, but that's the spelling uh, I chose. That's Dreidel, D-R-E-I-D-L. Okay, and if you come to the Yiddish Book Center, you have to give the Yiddish, um, spe- the Evo spelling in, in the bookstore. But, um, and again, even if you're not in the neighborhood, I went down from Massachusetts, so really, it's it's worth the journey. Um, David, thank you so much for taking time to visit today. And again, thank you for your work bringing these wonderful productions to the stage. It's fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, give my best to David Mazauer. Always a pleasure to see him. And um, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to speak to you. Great. Take care. You've been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. My name is Phoenix, Education Program Assistant at the Yiddish Book Center. For more information about this podcast and to subscribe, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. While you're there, I recommend listening to Episode 108, Lisa Newman's 2015 conversation with Tina Wasserman on traditional Hanukkah recipes and the history behind them. Until next time, be well, be healthy. Zeigesund! Thank you.